Hi, I'm Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. This week it's episode 236 and we're talking about the best electronics to travel with. It is going to be a great show. We'll be answering all those questions of what you should and shouldn't take and uh, what brands, I guess, what, what actual products we use on the road and why they're good and why they're bad. Yeah. Well, this week it's been a great week. We, um, we had Dave Dean staying with us for the first half of the week, which was really awesome. We spent a lot of time inside working, but we did manage to get out for a couple of walks on the beach and had a menu del dia and some tapas on Wednesday, so that was brilliant. It was, it was good. And then this Sunday we dropped down to Santiago de Compostela to see Sherry Ott, who just finished the Camino Frances, uh, five weeks of walking. Pain, it seemed like. (laughs) But it was really great to catch up with her. We really get on with her. And um, I think we've only actually met up in person three times, but it feels like we're really good friends. You know, we've known each other for six years or something. And we we have a lot in common. But yeah, three times. It's just not very much. No, it's not, is it? Well, you can find links to Dave and Sherry's website. So they've got two each, actually. Um, Dave runs What's Dave Doing and Too Many Adapters. And Sherry runs Otsworld and Meet Plan Go. Yeah, it's basically that name plus .com and you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, and Not there's links in the travel diary as well. Definitely. Don't forget that if you visit IndieTravelPodcast.com, there's all sorts of links for useful information like hostels and insurance and stuff. And one thing that you should definitely look into is IndieTravelPodcast.com slash tours. As you know, we're all about independent travel, but sometimes it does make sense to do a tour because they can take you out of your comfort zone, give you fresh insight into something you've never seen or save you money, perhaps. Not always. But uh, because they bundle transport, a guide, and experiences all into one, sometimes it can end up being cheaper than doing it yourself. We do Urban Adventures Day Tours when we travel, and I think it's a really good way to do it because we get the inside scoop from a local guide. Uh, if you visit IndieTravelPodcast.com slash tours, you can see all sorts of information and book online for over 100 cities, which is pretty cool. Mm, we've got a discount code as well. Um, use Indie Travel when you check out. That's I-N-D-I-E. And that will knock 15% off the uh, off the RRP, off the checkout price, which is a good deal. I think so. Well, we're going to focus today on uh, electronics, what electronics we carry and what you should carry, because these are two different things. Actually, why are we talking about this? We're not the people to give advice about this. We have far too many electronics. I think we have more electronics than anyone I know, and that means people who have a house. <laughs> so we carry carry-on size, you know, like 40 litre backpack, and we still have more stuff than a lot of our friends. Yeah, yeah. So, our first point, lighter is better. <laughs> no, really. Do as we say, not as we do. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, well, unless you're kind of insane like us, you're probably not running a, uh, a travel blog as a business while mm. you travel around the world, so you won't need things like uh, the very nice Zoom H2 microphone that we're recording on. Um, you won't need kind of hardcore video editing power like we've got. You, it's just not necessary. That's so true. think carefully about what your what your user case is. What are you going to be using any electronics you bring for? And then instead of looking at specs, look at weight. Yes. <laughs> and try and get the lightest possible thing with the least possible cords that you possibly can carry. Yeah, don't get pulled into the trick of thinking, oh, well, it's got this extra function, which will be so useful, which will never be useful because you never use it. Don't get pulled into buying something that has more functions when those functions aren't useful for you. Yeah, I mean, a good example of that kind of spec creep that encourages you to spend more is uh, the camera that we bought. 
Now, we've got a Sony HX5, which is a good camera, and I, I bought it because I wanted something that shot photos almost as good as a DSLR, but there was no way in heaven or hell I wanted to carry around one to two kilos of camera and lenses and stuff like that. So I wanted something small and something light, and I was looking at all of these high high-end point-and-shoots, as well as the the new ones, which are kind of halfway between. Oh, they're removable lenses? Removable yeah, lenses. Cool. Um, so I was looking at those. I was looking at the, the very top-end point-and-shoots, and I was looking between two of them, and the thing that made me choose the HX5 was the GPS tagging. It's got a built-in GPS, so it can tag the photos of where you are. And I immediately thought, well, that would be cool, because then we can like automatically tag the photos and upload them onto the website in cool ways with maps and it can be all interactive and you will have noticed we've had the camera for about 18 months now and I've never done that. I think it's more than two years and you've definitely done that. <laughs> yeah. But the other thing that you really liked was the panoramic setting. That was yes. really cool. And we do use that a lot, although we do struggle to uh, actually display that on the website. Maybe, maybe one of the new Indie Travel Blogs websites could be panoramicphotos.indietravelblogs.com and we can create a custom template that will actually show them off properly. That would be exciting. Because on the, the main website they're a little bit Well, they're just tiny. They, they fit. They fit. They fit, fit perfectly, but they're like 800 pixels wide and like yep. 30 high, <laughs> which is great, but, but yeah. you don't really get the idea of what we're trying to express. No, no. You definitely need that zoom, eh? Well, so, I mean, cameras are going to be something that almost everyone's going to take. Unless, I think it's probably the most important electronics. Well, yeah. I mean, you can get away. If you want photos just for your memory, not really to share with friends or to, you know, actually have photos, you can get away with a smartphone now. Well, that's true. I mean, the, the iPhone has a pretty pretty good camera. Yeah. The, the 4S, the new HTC cameras, um, the new Windows smartphones. Yeah. If, if you're looking at that kind of one grand to two grand smartphone then you're gonna have a a pretty good camera yeah in fact a smartphone could be the one device yeah if you choose well it'll have the connectivity thing so you can call and be called you can get on skype and make free phone calls if you've got wi-fi you can play your games you can you know update your blog you can do all sorts of things Mm. and it's got the camera and and everything yeah so if you're traveling light super light then that might be the one device Mm. yeah i think it's definitely possible for that to be yeah the one (laughs) (laughs) the thing but if photos are more important to you and you know if you're spending all that money on a trip and it's something unusual or you just love photography then you're going to want to choose a camera that's right for you Mm-hmm. Uh, for most people, a point-and-shoot is going to do the trick. Then there's the, um, I think they're called Micro Four Thirds, um, something like that. And they, it's it's a body about the size of a big point-and-shoot, but it's got detachable lenses. So you can do the, the fun, arty, more creative stuff that you would do with a DSLR, but the lenses are smaller and the camera body is a lot smaller. The sensor, I, it depends on which model you get, but the sensor, which is the thing that actually pulls in light, will pull in 10 to 30 times more than a smartphone or a normal point-and-shoot, but probably about two-thirds of what a DSLR will give you. So the thing with photography is bigger sensor, better photos. 
So um, you can forget all the megapixel rubbish and all that kind of thing. <laughs> if you're looking at, at buying a camera, then sensor size and, and speed is the most important. So yeah, so that's a good halfway. And then a DSLR, which is your big kind of... Professional style. Professional style that, that so many tourists carry and never take out of automatic. Whatever you do, do not buy a DSLR. <laughs> that, that's the advice. Don't buy a DSLR. Do not buy a DSLR. If you have not traveled before, if you've traveled for a year or two years, and you're thinking, oh, maybe I should... No, just don't do it. Don't do it. You'll hate it. It'll be awful. Unless you've spent, I don't know, a year, two years, three years with the point and click. You've used all of the settings on it. You've tried it all then you might be able to consider a DSLR. Otherwise, it'll just weigh you down and you'll hate it. Yeah, I'd say work on your photography technique before you upgrade your, your equipment. And yeah, you want to find that balance between something you're happy to work with and uh, you know something you're happy to carry. Because yeah. a thing with electronics is if you're going out of your hotel or your hostel, what are you going to do with them? Are you going to lock them in the hostel? Um, if there's a locker, you can easily use that. But if not, do you want to give your electronics to the staff? And if you're in a dodgy hostel where you're already concerned about uh, kind of safety of your goods, then you might yeah. not trust the staff either. So then you're going to carry around, carry them around with you all day, and you know, Which really marks you as a tourist. Then you've got issues there as well. So you want to, yeah take as little as possible for weight and uh, for security reasons as well. Visit com slash photography. There's heaps of resources there and advice and all sorts of things. Yeah, yeah. We're going to more detail. Really good stuff. Um, well, we mentioned a smartphone and how it could replace a, a camera if uh, you just want snapshots to chuck up on Facebook and share with your friends. And... Th- big question i guess is which one are you going to take mm-hmm. um so you've got three major contenders you've got the iphone um the 4s is the the current model um there's android which is another operating system put out by google um and they run on different brands uh and then windows which again is an operating system put out by microsoft and they run on lots of different brands as well so which one to use is really a matter of personal style and and budget but the i mean for me the iphone just works 99 percent of the time and we've got all apple it's, products anyway yeah. it just works in really well with the macbook pro that we have in the the air it's just easy to keep it all in the, all in the family yeah that's right um but yeah i mean windows phones two years ago were terrible but the brand new ones now i'm preferring the the look and feel and the way you use it over the the latest androids mm-hmm. so they're worth looking into again at long last yeah we've also got just a regular phone so that we can keep in touch with each other i mean now that we're in Acarunia, we're not you know with each other all day every day and also my boss wanted to be able to get in touch with me so he gave me a phone i bought a sim card and awesome it's kind of annoying so it would have been much better if i'd had an unlocked smartphone because then i could have just put the sim in instead i've got a a crappy little terrible uh new phone well old phone and my ipod touch which has all the the wi-fi capabilities and videos and and things like that Mm. it's kind of annoying having a smartphone would have been a lot easier from the beginning yeah and that's that's interesting because when we got the the touch we were looking at the brand new iphones which i think then were the 
the iPhone 3GSs. Something like that, yeah. Can't remember. But yeah, and, and we were looking at them and going, that's going to be good enough for for everything for basic yeah. photography and video and we get the calling and but we just couldn't buy them else. we just yeah. couldn't buy one we, we couldn't get one they weren't available we, yeah we wanted it the next week and of course you know there were waiting lists and we were hopping countries every week at that point so we ended yeah. up just getting this uh, ipod touch at the airport in london and it's mm. it's been good it's been really good actually i like the slim line feeling of it it goes into my pocket without making a big bulge but yes, now that I've got to have a phone again, slightly annoying. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So wherever you can, I mean, the technology is good enough. Spend a bit more and buy one item instead of two different items, unless you've got a real speciality need. And it cuts down on cables as well. Yes. Cable weight is one of the biggest issues that we face. And so if you can cut out every cable you can cut out, is another big bonus. Yeah, it's quite a good thing that we have an iPod Touch and an iPhone because we can use the same cable to charge that, mm. so that's really brilliant. And in the past, we charged it through the uh, computers. So we plugged the computer into the wall and then just used the cable to, to charge the devices. Yeah. Now we have a separate USB charger, which is great because we can use that to charge other things that run off USB as well. Yeah, yeah we just flicked over to, to making sure everything powered off USB and then it made sense to carry a, yeah. a USB power adapter as well. Especially and because our uh, laptop power cord stopped working when we, were in, mm. when we were in Buenos Aires. And if we hadn't had the um, USB charger, all of our devices, all of our devices <laughs> yep. would have been not Completely working. dead. So, yeah, quite a good idea to have that. Yep. Um, now, things with phones, there's two big things. One is, can you change the SIM card of your phone? Can you take out one card from one service provider and put in another one. That's vital for any kind of travel. Um, there are some phones that come with two SIM card slots, so you can have your normal home phone slot and your travel slot. Mm. Um, and they're really good, but unfortunately that's not kind of mainstream, so you end up getting, I've a, never seen one like you end up getting a crappier phone even though you've got that functionality. Um, another thing is the the network that it runs on there's two there's cdma which is used mainly in the states and japan and there's gsm which is used everywhere else in the world and increasingly i think in the states and mm -hmm. in japan they're they're beginning to to standardize so you want to make sure that your phone works with that service yeah we were really surprised because i had a, an old phone from austria and it worked fine in all of europe and in all of New Zealand, Australia, and then I took it to South America and it didn't work. Yeah. And it's an unlocked phone. I was putting in SIM cards from all over the place, no problem, no problem. And then all yeah. of a sudden we arrived and like, oh, well, that's not going to work. Yeah. That was really annoying. It was. And the issue there was it worked on different GSM bands. It was so old, the, the infrastructure in South America just didn't, um, didn't accept that range of, of bandwidth calls. So... Yeah, so there's a few technical things to look at when you're getting your phone, but 99% of the time, the the most recent and unfortunately most expensive Always smartphones is. are going to be able to, to serve whatever you need, but check check in the shop or read up very carefully on the specs if you have any concerns about that. Um, well, do you need a tablet or a netbook or a laptop when you travel? I've... Probably well, not. Yes. It really depends. I mean, if you're going to be spending a lot of time on planes and buses, then a tablet or a netbook or something like that could be a really good idea because you can watch videos and you can, you've got better connectivity. Your Skype calls are going to be better, etc., etc., because you can see people better in the videos. But if you've got a smartphone, 
I don't know. I don't think... I don't know. I think that if you're traveling as a couple, then having a tablet or a netbook is a good idea because you can watch TV together and, you know, it means you can share it. But if you're traveling alone, it wouldn't bother. No, I think the the only issue we've found, it, it's obviously easier to have a, a larger screen and a physical keyboard. That's going to make whatever you do a little bit faster, right? Because you can, you can touch type or even using a, an iPad keyboard, a separate one or the on-screen one. They're, they're both faster than using like a, a small smartphone screen. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have speed. You're also going to be able to see more information. Uh, looking for flights oh, yeah. and, and flight comparison websites and other complicated timetable stuff like that on a small smartphone screen, that's a pain. So if you're going to be doing that often, then, um, then a, a tablet or um, a netbook is going to be great for you. But if you're going to be doing it occasionally, you can drop into an internet cafe for an hour when you need to do that level of research. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the time, you're not worried about a couple of grand worth of equipment that you're carrying Definitely. around with you. And that's that's always, any time you can do that, it takes such a load off your mind. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a really big consideration. I know a lot of people that uh, travel with a smartphone and an iPad and a laptop and... I can understand why each of those things have their own particular uses and they're each better at doing one type of task. Um, but if you're traveling to travel instead of traveling to to record, to, to write, to blog, then, you know, leave, leave at least one of them behind. Yeah. And if possible, leave two of them. I, um, I agree. And I think as a couple, if you can have one device each, perfect. Yeah. So you've got one smartphone and one laptop or tablet or something like that. And that's perfect. That's how we started off. Yeah. But, you know, it didn't work very long. No, no, it means <laughs> must. Well, one thing that we absolutely love is having uh, Linda's MacBook Air. We've got the 11-inch MacBook Air, and I think it's the ultimate travel laptop. It's great. It's really good. It's, um, it's much faster than my MacBook Pro for 99% of the tasks that we do. Um, it is so light, so light, and yep. so small. And when you put it in its case and put the, the whole thing in my bag, you wouldn't even know that it was there. I mean, I've got, we've got one of these light um, backpacks that we just put on when we go out for a day. Mm. And there was, there's no way you'd know that there was a laptop in there. It doesn't yeah. look like it at all. Yeah, it's no, it doesn't, it doesn't sag. And yeah, it's, it's small and light. And I'd say if you were investing in one piece of, of equipment to carry around with you, I'd take a close look at that over, mm. say, an iPad or or a tablet or something like that. It feels a bit more sturdy as well because it's got a case, you know. It's, it's got a cover to cover over the screen and so it's less likely to get scratched or, mm. I don't know, it just feels better, nicer. Yeah, so, I mean, that if you're going to buy one, one piece of equipment, I'd take a close look at the 11-inch 11, 11 uh, MacBook Air as the ultimate kind of travel computer. You definitely should take some sort of electronics with you. I have a friend who was going to go traveling and she wasn't going to take anything. No cell phone, no iPod touch, no iPhone, no computers, nothing. And I think that would be a very big mistake because around the world, almost everywhere you can find Wi-Fi. Usually free, sometimes you pay for it. But it's the easiest way to keep in touch. And it's, if you have your own device, you can just log on and you're sorted. We're from New Zealand where internet is slow and expensive and annoying and so she didn't even think of that but if she, I think she was going to Asia and it really really I mean 
everywhere you go. You walk down the street and there's a whole bunch of, of open Wi-Fi networks. And here in, in Europe, most cafes have it. You just need the password. So definitely take something. Um, yeah, as we said, uh, even just a smartphone is, is good enough, but a computer as well is a good idea. Mm. Now, it's interesting with um, with mobile data. Um, you know, I, I'm sure by now everyone's seen these shocking headlines of people getting charged six figures for their their overseas data usage because they left their phone on and, and didn't check the small print and didn't realize that all of those little apps on your phone actually go and ping home every time you turn your phone on. And, you know, you, you can't get away with it. And it's become so popular that the excuses of, oh, I didn't know are starting to get challenged. And so you might end up landed with those bills, which are horrible. So you definitely want to either swap out for a local SIM so there's no chance that you're calling back. Or um, most phones have either airplane modes where you shut down all communication Mm -hmm. or you can turn off your cell phone data or you can turn off, you know, you can go through it kind of line by line and make sure you do that. But um, getting a local SIM and getting prepaid data on that SIM is great whenever you can. It's so good because it means you're not going to spend more than you've already put on it. You can't spend six figures because you've only put 50 euros on. And so you might spend 50 euros and you go, oh, bugger. But but it's only 50 euros. It's a lot better than what it could have been. Yeah, absolutely. I think that happened to us, didn't it? We we suddenly had no data. Yeah. And it was because it was left on or something. Yeah, I can't. We still haven't figured out why, but we Mm. burnt through everything. And... um, (laughs) And yeah, had, had, had nothing left. But it's better than getting a bill a month later and realizing that you've been burning that amount of data yeah, forever. For a month. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, and there's now custom solutions for mobile data that you can get. Um, and we'll link to some of these in the show notes because I don't know the brands off the top of my head. Um, but you can rent the thing for a hundred bucks a month and carry it around with you and. It connects to the internet using mobile data and then throws a Wi-Fi signal that you can use for any Wi-Fi device that you've got. And they're really quite handy. It's like a large keychain kind of Mm -hmm. thing, Uh, like a large key ring. And yeah, if you're coming to Europe for a month over summer or a couple of months, uh, it can be better hiring one of those. You've got all of your your wireless data usage for the time you're there, and then you just post it back to them and the rental period's over and there's nothing else to worry about. There's no fixed fees. You're not leaving money on prepaid. You're not having to stuff around getting different prepaid cards in every country you go to. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they they work internationally in a set zone. So, yeah, you can find these, I know, in Europe and in the States. I'm not sure about uh, Asia, definitely not in New Zealand or <laughs> Australia. Uh, but, yeah, they're, they're, they're coming, and there are big savings over international mobile data. All right, well, what about backups? Oh, yeah. You definitely don't want to lose all of your data. That would suck. So um, I suppose the most common solution is a hard drive. Carry a hard drive with you. Fun. Yeah. And then you can copy, you can store your photos on it, which is great. And you can copy any text or any, anything from your computer onto the hard drive as well. Yeah. Now, a hard drive is, is big and heavy. And SD cards are now cheap enough for you to buy a 16 or 32 gig SD card for about 20 bucks, 25 bucks. 
and you can use that as a backup. Mm -hmm. So as well as the SD card you have for your camera, um, and I wouldn't recommend going above four gigs on your camera in case your camera gets stolen. Mm. You're going to be copying those photos off regularly. And that's one but, reason um, why it's good to have a computer. Yeah, that's right. Um, but, you know, half an hour in an internet cafe or a, even a, a free hostel computer can do the trick. Um, but, yeah, you can now copy it onto an SD card. If you have two SD cards, one to keep with you, one to put in the mail home, um, it'll be a standard envelope cost to send it home because it's basically invisible yeah um and yeah you can just post those home they cost you 25 bucks a time but make and, sure you uh, have two copies yeah make sure you have two copies keep Don't one with you all of your photos <laughs> um and that i reckon is is now affordable yeah and um and they're super light and super small now all i need is them to make one terabyte sd cards so i can replace um the the five hard drives that we carry around with us it's quite hilarious we've got a cupboard just across the room from us that has all of our electronics in it we've got the tv we've got the cupboard and um under the tv is my computer and on the shelf beside the tv is all of our cables and hard drives and underneath it is an iron an iron yes. yeah. we, we didn't carry the iron don't bring iron. <laughs> although we did when we first started traveling we took an iron with us yes. because we were going to be working and crazy like, yeah i really need an iron do not take an iron Shop more wisely and buy clothes that don't need to be made. <laughs> Honestly, it was awful. Yeah. Well, buy an iron locally if you're staying somewhere for a while and, yeah. and you do get a job. But yeah, don't carry it with you. It's, no. You can buy a cheap iron for 25 bucks and That'll be you'll a lot be right. And then you but can give it to someone and they'll be happy because they'll have an iron. <laughs> the, look of, the look of shuddering <laughs> yeah. pain on your face is enough ironing. to uh, keep going. <laughs> um, there's lots of questions about online backup hanging around at the moment. I'm seeing them a lot in travel groups. It's good but it's slow so mm. if you're going out if i go out and do something fun for the day for the whole day like go on a tour or you know just go out and intend to take photos i can go through about two to four gigs of of photos of raw photos um just be glad that you guys don't have to see all of these photos <laughs> <laughs> uh and that's gonna take you a week to back up online mm. and in most countries with average internet speeds in a hostel in a hotel you're not going to be able to do it yeah but so, you could choose your your favorite photos and put them on Flickr, for example yeah which is what we do that's kind of our third backup yeah we have one set of photos with us one we sent home and the best one's gone Flickr. so if mm. we lose both of the other backups yeah then at least we've got the best of the best yeah it's quite a good way to do it. Yeah. We use a service called Mozy, M-O-Z-Y, uh, as well, um, as an online backup. But, yeah, it is, it is slow, slow, and it slow. kind of do isn't able to back up for two or three weeks, and then it'll catch up over a week of having good internet. So it's... It's not ideal. It's not ideal. It's and great I if you're in a place with good internet, yeah, but I, you won't be. I, I wouldn't <laughs> recommend it if you're traveling lots and yeah. taking lots of photos. It just won't, won't work out. Uh, well, the last thing we've got to talk about is the Amazon Kindle. And after all of this talk of not carrying more stuff and trying to use one device to do the job of many, we're going to have to go ahead and say it, eh? Yeah. Take a Kindle. <laughs> Get a Kindle. Yeah. We, we both love reading and we've both held out against the Kindle for a long time because we like paper books. But um, I remember at one point I emptied my bag and I had 12 books. And this was carry-on size. This was my carry-on size bag, and I had 12, actually 12 books. Now I don't have that many, just three or four. 
<laughs> and a Kindle. Yeah. Um, but the Kindle's great for everything apart from going to the beach. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's great, very comfortable to read on. You've got a limitless library of books. Um, for us, used to New Zealand prices, the Kindle pricing is like one-fifth to a quarter of the pricing of buying paperbacks in New Zealand. Um, so that seems really cheap. Yeah, and quite um, often we can read the same book at the same time on both devices yeah. when we have two Kindles. Yeah. Let's yeah. not talk about it. Let's not go there right now. Um, but yeah, really good, highly recommended. Um, and yeah, if, if you, li- if you like to read, just get it. Yeah. Um, guidebooks on Kindle are normally pretty hard to read. We're working on three guidebooks at the moment, Auckland, Las Vegas, and Buenos Aires. And they're going to be designed just for Kindle. We're working really hard on, yeah, we're reformatting the entire book just for Kindle uh, for each of those guides because all of the ones we've read so far have been really hard to deal with. Yeah, I suppose guidebooks uh, tend to have much smaller print because mm. they want to have a lot more on each page. But Kindle, you have the print size, like the the font size. It's optional, yeah. Adjusted for your and just, reading style, just and the just, organisation yeah. as well. So yeah, so we're working hard on trying to make a make it better because at the moment they all suck. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's links to all of these products that we've talked about in the show notes at indietravelpodcast.com. So head over there, and while you're there, leave some comments in the forums and visit indietravelpodcast.com/flights, hostels, tours, and insurance, and deals, and uh, that can help us out a lot. Yeah, that's always awesome when you guys do that. Or um, come say good day on Facebook or leave a five-star review for us at um, Indie Travel on iTunes. Just search for Indie Travel Podcast and we will uh, we will pop up. Yeah, well, that's us for this week. Until next week, travel well. <laughs>